Hey everybody, welcome back to your Corporate Global Football Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hawes. And I'm your host, William Spicer. Spicer, the Wildcats finally fell, uh, took a an amicable loss to the Georgia Bulldogs down in Athens, and I, I think I'm okay with it because it looks like this Georgia team is historically good. Yes, and if I'm not mistaken, Kentucky scored two offensive touchdowns in the game. Yes, first team to do so this year. What's that? First team that's done that against them all season. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they had only allowed two touchdowns all season up until this point, offensive touchdowns. Or something yeah. silly like that. So I think that that's pretty good. Yeah, you got to take the small victories where you can get them in a game like that. And it was still exciting to dream. And honestly, I think I saw uh, Pro Football Focus has Kentucky's Power 5 schedule listed as the easiest of any of those schools left in the country. So you go 11-1, and one, hope some chaos happens, and we'll see where we are in January. We shall see exciting stuff happening for the Wildcats. It is. So next week, y'all can enjoy a, a break from that. But let's start in the league. We had no trades this week uh, as things are just kind of moving along in the season. We did have a pretty big waiver pickup this week, which I'll go over. Uh, I spent the entire rest of my fab budget, which was $153 on Case Keenum, who will be starting tomorrow night for the Browns. Yep. So you're going to have him coming in for the one week. Going for or so, And he won't be starting on my team. Yeah. So you're just you're just swallowing him up trying to yeah. prevent anyone else from having it. And really it was specifically um for Katie. Now, one thing I thought about before I made the claim was like this because we have the win against the median, it I don't feel like it it's as big of a deal, but uh, in a traditional year where we didn't have this, this would have been a huge move. And I really thought, because Katie has more money than me, I, I thought she would have been able, or I thought she would have done that, because right now she only has one quarterback, just Mac Jones, and that's it. So unless she makes a trade, she's going to have to probably start someone that would get zero points, and that's, you know, huge. Um, there's just a ton of bye weeks this week as well, so everybody's kind of scrambling uh, at some position. But I was glad to throw that money out there. You know, if it doesn't work out, oh well, but. If I end up winning and it's close, then I'll be thrilled to spend that money for a win. Yeah, I understand that. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Baker. That shoulder is pretty rough, so he could come back in the season. I know that they say that Baker's shoulder is going to be fine, but I don't know. I'm just not sold on that. Yeah, it's, it's funny because there was a time he had gotten hurt, uh, like or lightly hurt, maybe two weeks ago. And I actually added Case Keenum then for $0 and then dropped him on October 12th. So a week later, I'm <laughs> spending all this money. But uh, just for sunk cost alone, I'll probably keep him for a little bit now just to you know <laughs> feel something because uh, it's going to be rough. Yeah. Yeah, but you sometimes you, you got to do what you got to do. You got you to gotta take a shot. You do. Well, uh, this week, speaking of the matriarchs, uh, that win was needed a little bit more because she fell, uh, lost two games, uh, one against the median and one against Touchdown Nabby, who keeps on rolling. Uh, Touchdown Nabby beats the matriarchs 169 to 160, despite a huge effort from Derrick Henry. Well, yeah, what, this was an incredible matchup. One of those nice Monday night, Monday night games that involved the winner of the game and the median um 
always exciting. Yes, it was. It, I thought this was weird. If you were watching this matchup score live from like alongside the Monday night game, it seemed like the chance for Katie to win was never higher. Like it wasn't high as it should be, as high as it should be. Because I felt like I know he had Josh Allen, but we knew that Derrick Henry could have gone for like forty. And if Josh Allen was throwing touchdowns to Emmanuel Sanders, then it could have easily like been way closer than it was. Yes, and it was already close, and I've thought a lot about this, and I'm pretty sure that, because I've been like, wow, Todd Downing's calling great plays, and then I realized, oh, he figured out the secret that Arthur Smith did, which is, whatever the analytics say, you screw them, and you hand the ball to Derrick Henry. It doesn't matter how far you're down, <laughs> what the game screw, yeah. screw it, screw it all, run the ball, and play action pass at sometimes. Because he just breaks. Keep going. Oh, he just, he's, he's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, you know, dating all the way back to when I talked all the trash about Derrick Henry and said he was slow and all that stuff. And like on, there's a lot of things that on paper or like numbers wise, like do not make sense. Like, like with certain, certain, uh, what am I trying to say? Analytics and, and just weird stats about him, about Tannehill and like the way his career started out. It's just odd. But you're right. They just stick to this plan and it works. And the play action pass was huge this week. Uh, AJ Brown was like doing some work in the middle and was like could get the credit for helping them win this game just as much as Derrick Henry. He just didn't get into the end zone. Yeah, I thought he had a solid game. Also, the the Julio Jones catch off the helmet <laughs> doink. That was so good oh it was a great blooper uh as i said in slack you know i used to have those old vhs's that i don't know what company made them but i would pop that bad boy in and right before i fell asleep like probably sixth through ninth grade uh and just watch them all you know baseball you got the ball bouncing off the head into the stands for a ground roll double this was just as great because not only was it goofy that it hit the guy's helmet it was an amazing play by julio yeah it was incredible it was all amazing, but that's just that Julio play where it's like he's someone who's like I think you would talk about concentration on the ball, and that was just one of those mm, moments, yeah. right? Like pretty amazing. Yeah, so, and he was wh- playing well, you know, before the the hamstring. But I guess we can talk about him uh, later. But um, yeah, so this game, the the Monday night game, had a lot of impact on this matchup between Katie and Rob. Uh, ultimately, Josh Allen still put up plenty of points uh, to help Rob get a victory. Uh, Leonard Fournette has really strung together a nice season so far and is actually the RB11 to start the season after he scores 30 this week. Yeah, you know, Rob said it of touchdown to Nabby. Play, playoff Lenny's going to be coming back around for a little regular season, and he believed. Um, I also think that this is uh, a lot to do with the lack of trust for Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette has increased trust recently. Yeah. And so it's just an ideal situation because even in New England, Tom Brady does not mind using running backs. He's he's cool with it. They, he has great running back production, I feel like. Potential. He does. I agree. Um and it's exactly the type of piece that Rob needed for his team to like continue the run that it's on is for a guy who we kind of had written off or at least written off as being like a RB1 or or you know RB2 for his team 
he has, and he was, I guess he was the RB2 headed in, but he's definitely filled the, the hole that was left by Montgomery. Um, only other thing I was going to note in this game was Miles Gaskin came crashing back down to earth, uh, only scoring three points for Katie after a, a big game the week before. I think that's probably uh, the truth lies somewhere in the middle of those two. I think with Tua that the Dolphins don't like, I don't think the little dump offs he was eaten up from uh, Jacoby Brissett are going to be there with Tua, especially because Tua can get the ball downfield to Waddle and, um, Will Fuller if he ever gets healthy. So I, I think the truth yeah, is somewhere so in the middle of those I'm, two. I think I'm fully sold down on Miles Gaskin. Yes. Like I was. Ugh. Join me. Oh, I was there at the start of the season, and I had this <laughs> like, oh, you know, if the Dolphins put it together, but it just doesn't seem to be be working for him. And just like even the plays I see, I'm just like, I don't know. He's good. Yeah, he's fine. I think he's. You don't he's, want him touching the ball fine. twenty times a game. No, I would definitely agree with that. Um, and it seems like kind of the news today has been that once again the Dolphins maybe actually are trying to trade for Deshaun Watson, which could really throw a whole big wrench in what we think about their offense. Yeah, I mean, not for this season. Right. And, you know, who knows if that would, if Deshaun would even ever play, you know? Yeah. And it would be really weird if this does happen now, because like you said, I, I still don't think Deshaun plays this year, but it does move Tua to, according to the reports, to the Washington football team. So uh, we'll use that as our, our transition to Marley Magic, who is now on an eight game losing streak. Uh, he he took a loss to the God Kings, who get the victory, but not the median victory, uh, as Tua probably would have been uh, needed for the Magic to keep this going. Because, or I mean, he's still going to play, but you, you would like for him to be a contributor because Mayfield is hurt now, so it's going to be kind of just left to uh, Tua and Stafford. Yeah, and and I would say it's left up to Tua, Stafford, and Big Boy Brisket. Yeah, I guess because, he would become the starter, so that's true. As, as long as his ribs aren't... I think he had a rib injury. Was that... I know that that was Tua's injury. I don't know what was wrong with Brissett. He did get hurt, though. Yeah, it was... Yeah. Oh, no. Hamstring. Hamstring. Okay. So, yeah, they're, they're all banged up. But, but, yeah, I mean, I think they just ride out the season with him, you know, kind of tank a bit and see what happens. But... Uh, for the rest of the Magic, he was also forced to start A.J. Dillon, who wasn't able to get as much production as he was uh, the week before, and kind of just had some low weeks for everyone else. Zero points for, from Rager, uh, and then Lockett and Mike Evans combined for like 10 points, essentially. So uh, just kind of a down week for the Marley Magic, as they can't seem to stop this this losing streak. Yeah, and you know, it's tough with Rager with the zero the zero receptions and I think this is going to be a problem with the Eagles receivers is they make so many yards and penalties so hmm. like Rieger's 0 for 3 like I'm pretty sure he drew at least one deep pass interference right and so it's like super productive right and so they're going to keep playing but 
it's going to be one of those things where sometimes they're just looking to get the penalty. It seems like they're kind of playing that game in Philly, I think from watching. Yeah. I remember it used to be a really hot uh, debate. Like, I don't know, maybe it still is in some circles, but that people used to be like really big on wanting uh, offensive or, or like getting a, a pass interference called on you as an offensive player for that to count as your fantasy points, uh, which I think is funny. And like, to some degree, like I don't think it's that crazy because there could be some skill involved in getting that call, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think that might be thinking a little too hard. Yeah, I think so too. And you don't want that. No, don't we don't. We don't need that. that. Um, but I will say I do think Donovan Peoples Jones that four for a hundred and one. Just that's a hail mary that they had at halftime. Mm-hmm. So very odd play. I just wanted to sort of put that out there because so I guess this would be my snake oil salesman if I had one. Yeah. You see, it's funny because I, I was thinking about giving him that award this week and then I decided like I I could see him maybe getting like half of that a little more frequently. And so like, sure, like the 26 is kind of snake oil, but I like those to be like a little bit more like if it had been over 30, I think I would have given it to him. Um but they have some weird injuries there with all the running backs hurt. So, like, I'm not saying it's going to keep that up, but I do think that he can, like, fill in on some bi-week flexes if you need him to. Yeah, I would I would say he's at least worth, worth the consideration, especially with OBJ down and kind of hurt and Jarvis out. Yes. Um, on the God King side, side, really needed that double victory, but uh, still, I think if you get one point from Jamal Williams and four points from Antonio Gibson, then you got to be happy with just squeaking out with one point here. I would agree. And, you know, I think right play to not play Miles Sanders just generally, you know, yeah. even though he outproduced. Against Tampa Bay, it's really tough to start any running back. Right. And, yeah, it's just... I think that we are maybe I've heard a lot of chatter about the Bengals defense too. So that's Mm -hmm. something I've been keeping my eye on more are like how defenses play and how good they are against certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I think that that might just be something to be on the lookout for. I'm kind of like, I don't know what they're grading Cincinnati's defense, you know, like in the colors on sleeper, but I think they're pretty good defense. Yeah, I think the the colors on sleeper are about fantasy points. Um, like mm. the if it says like a thirty two and it's green, that means that that team has given up the most fantasy points to that uh, position. Position. It, it, I think, um, and I'll I'll give you a a little peek behind the curtain. I, I don't use sleepers, but there is a a place that I go to where I look at this index, and it does help me a little bit try to find potential candidates to be benched for hunters hunches um and it it actually did well with kind of projecting a like a average thing for brady and i really wish i had uh, used my gut i would have been right if i had just let myself be wrong and say joe burrow but anyways um yeah i think that's a very interesting thing to watch too and i don't remember the last time we had a team like the bucks run defense where you really do consider sitting like huge stars uh it's going to be interesting because very late in the season um they play the saints and the 
Panthers. So that's like Kamara and um, Christian McCaffrey in like fantasy playoffs. So I'm going to be very curious to see kind of what that will, will look like. Ooh, that is interesting. And you're right about the Bucks. I looked up because I, I was curious. I was like, no one runs against them. I want to see how many pass attempts are against them relative to the rest of the league. And so they were number one, and the Cowboys were number two, and the Bucks had 241 pass attempts against them, and the Cowboys only had 200. So even at the same number of yeah. games, at, after like week five, the Bucks had like 40 more than number two. It was in, yeah, insane. it's like a whole extra game of passing. Yeah, and it, and then it goes to like 180s after. Like it's a pretty good drop off after those two, to under 200. So exactly, very bizarre. So Vita Vey just plugging that hole in the middle and Dude, saying, he's a beast. He's awesome. You got you got to throw you got to throw over me." Love him. So Gosh, I want I love IDP. It too. I'd have Micah Parsons, Vita Vea. It would be that's some hard hitting boys. All right. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I, yeah. Uh, I got to shout out myself on my Zach Ertz trade call going to the Cardinals, causing some sleeper drama. Yes, that was funny. Uh, it was funny because in all three dynasty leagues I'm in on Sleeper, like people were sending messages, and like I guess like it's just one of those things like as a commish that you just like you just kind of know and it, like oh yeah they're gonna take care of that. But like I can see it's definitely worth bringing up. But it, for me it was like a, of course they're gonna take care of it. Um, but it did make for some interesting projections and made it look like Brady wasn't doing too hot against uh, Marley Magic for a bit. I know it was pretty pretty funny. Also disappointed in Claypool. He was a, a penalty drawer. Yeah, I feel like again though, and no juju uh, either. He's still only able to get seventeen yards. So that, I think if I was able to give like a reverse snake oil salesman, I'd probably give it to him. Honestly, like that's probably who it should go to because that's that's on the far end of of what you know. That's the the opposite end of what I normally do there. Um, only other story here I think is uh, Kirk Cousins really continues to have a great season i think after a couple bad games right after he was acquired by the god kings he's going back up to putting over 20 points a game top 10 qb so far and i I still think that was a very good trade for the god kings yeah and you know what's funny is i i was just thinking today i was like this season i've traded kirk cousins hollywood brown and carson wentz for mark andrews and amari cooper Mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, I, th- I think you still feel good about the Cooper trade for sure. Yeah, and I mean Mark Andrews too. For now. yeah, like, he had he had another like twenty point game this week. Um, I, I think right. Yes, but I think Kirk Cousins. I'm still like I would always still be flip flopping with Jameis and Jalen Hurts because of their fan- fantasy ceiling potentials. Yes. And so I'm still just like, yeah, it's it was more of a team composition thing at that that point for me, I think. Yeah, but I, I'm glad he's doing well because I'm still heavily invested. So. Yes, that's for sure. Uh, okay, well, let's just stick right here on your your team. So I kind of already talked br- very briefly about uh, Wyatt's quarterback. So he did end up getting the close victory over you, 180 to 175, a battle of the uh, number one versus number two teams here, and my boy. Taylor Heineke did not pull off the uh, Hunter's Hunches despite having ample opportunity to do so. Yeah, I really thought I, I thought it ha- he had a chance, especially after watching that Thursday night game. I was like, okay, like mm-hmm. 
Heineke can definitely be 18 points, but it just not did not come together for the young man this week. It didn't, and it, honestly, if you watched some of the highlights, it wasn't all his fault. There was a lot of drops in this game, uh, some painful ones, actually. So, you know, it is what it is, but uh, as always, Wyatt, you know, 18-point game from Tom Brady is still great, uh, and the rest of his team did well. Uh, C.D. Lamb actually is going to get my Corporate Global Workman of the Week award this nice. week. Nine catches for 149 yards and two touchdowns. Huge win. Huge win. And, you know, he deserves it. CD is awesome. I wish I wish almost anyone else in the league except Wyatt had him because I, can't, I know I can't put together a package for him and I want him very badly. Yeah, same. I've tried trading for him in all three <laughs> leagues because he's just he's like Justin Jefferson. Like, I'm so glad I have him in my other league. And, like, I, would, I don't think I would trade him. Like, I just – you can't – you want to have one of those, like – young studs like him or dk and uh yeah very jealous uh daryl henderson had a great game in the flex i think he'll also have a huge game this week too against the lions so uh why it's just going to keep on using him uh for you really you you the only thing you probably would wish you could have changed is that you would have had your qb2 score more than 10 points and that would have given you a given you the victory yeah and you know he had that fumble to end the game and so he had two more points at that point. So, yeah, I, you know, one of those deals. And Diggs had a touchdown called back for a penalty. Yep. And, you know, that happens. My my real bummer was the the whole drama of Chase Edmonds, James Conner, Kenyon Drake, trying to figure out oh. who to put in, like, as that sub. <laughs> yep. Um, which is totally fine, but... Kenyon Drake only touched the ball six times, but he scored two touchdowns. And so, I don't know. Yeah. I have a feeling that's going to be a frustrating thing. But at least they all kind of do stuff. So, Yeah, <clears throat> and it's probably – it's even funnier because since Drake used to be on the Cardinals last year, it's like it feels like you're you're having to pick one of the three, and they're all the same, like – and they're <laughs> they're all, like, fighting for the same amount of points. Yep, exactly. And it's just touchdown-dependent It is players who do get them. So. Absolutely. Well, uh, this game just kind of, uh, I guess, keeps that number two spot up for grabs because uh, you and Rob are still now tied at nine and three since Wyatt was able to uh, to beat you there. Um, speaking of the standings, we really didn't have a lot of movement this week. Uh, I actually the only only thing that happened was Brady's one win did move him up two spots over Marley and the Pit Kings. So. Uh, Let's talk about the Pit Kings and my matchup here for just a second. We'll end with the Cheetahs. So the really the Pit Kings here just had a, a, a rough week. Uh, at least they didn't have any Monday night drama, I guess. Yeah, no Monday night drama for them, but a tough week. Uh, Kareem Hunt getting hurt. Even, you know, you always hate to see anyone get hurt, but he was also having like a very good game. Yeah, a lot of opportunity. Yeah, Zach Moss with the fumble. Just, you know, just some, I don't know, Hollywood and Chris Godwin kind of had meh weeks. Just a lot of meh this week. Lamar not not really doing what he normally does. Yeah, that was a weird game. The The Chargers-Ravens game, it, it kept popping up a lot for me on Red Zone, and I'd love the Chargers, and I was looking for Mike Williams, and 
it was weird because they were trailing and having to, you know, put in a bunch of drives there, but just nothing was rolling for them. And uh, the the Ravens made it look easy. I made a joke on Slack that all those old running backs were just kept getting in the end zone, which was awesome because it was it was keeping Lamar and and Hollywood Brown out, which was good for me in fantasy. But uh, I think like all three of them had a touchdown in that game, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. It's so strange. Yeah, just I think that's honestly how the Ravens want to look as a football team. I think they want to be that run first thing. And honestly, even though like we're all glad as fantasy players that that Lamar and Hollywood and Mark Andrews showed they can be a, a great passing team the first few weeks. I think if they're having their way, it looks more like this. Yeah, but I think now you're just like, that's fine. Yeah, which is fine for the NFL, but it definitely it, it takes off some of the excitement for like a Hollywood Brown. It makes him more boom bust again. So Yeah, I could see that. But I still love him. Still tried to trade for him. Uh, still no luck. Well, just not anything that really makes sense between the two of us. Uh, over on my side, I was. Th- this game was like a, a talk the the knights off the ledge game for sure. Because getting up to one seventy two and having the weird broken pieces that I did made me feel good. Uh, Mike Williams scored four points, and I had to start Davis Mills and Daniel Jones. <laughs> so I will take uh, a double win here with no Matt Ryan, no Russell Wilson. Oh, I think, yeah, this is a great double win. Also, uh, really thrown in my face on this one, someone who doesn't like running backs or tight ends normally. I've just, your running backs really carried you through this one. Yeah, and it's like, I think I, I've said this maybe before on, either on here or, or like messaging with you, but I, I think Mixon is just at that like back end tier of the running backs who can still do that like obviously Dalvin Cook is one and maybe the one since McCaffrey's not playing and then Jonathan Taylor is probably in the second so uh there there's still that elite you know value and and like hard to replace whatever you want to analytics say like war or whatever about those guys yeah wins above replacement yeah. for those wondering at home yeah and I was, I was gonna say that's the thing is they're just so much better than other people you can play there yeah um but yeah i'm i'm thankful for it i I did get some luck with noah fant that (laughs) all of his points came at like last minute garbage time drives against the raiders so uh that may not be a normal thing yeah but Uh, but it's great but yeah it's great for fancy and it happens every week so everybody remembers blake bortles king of the the garbage time he was incredible he was um all right so our last matchup was the cheetahs and the popular ballers. So the Cheetahs are kind of on fire a little bit. Only two-week uh, winning streak, but I think that they've been getting some median wins uh, mixed in there too. But 191 points, and the young guns kind of all clicked in this one. They sure did. They were fi- firing on all cylinders. Trevor Lawrence getting his first win across the pond. Um, totally just like average below average slightly fantasy game but always like to see that dk managed to with geno smith still be productive during this and everyone else really had great weeks waddle and gasicki being about the only things worth having in miami right right now they seem to yeah. be able to produce every week um and- i thought it was interesting if friar uh had seven receptions 
when Juju is gone. And I wonder if that, I don't know if it will continue at that level, but I could see, see him having more value the rest of the season. Yeah. Friar move is um, dangerous. Also Ebron out of the picture. Big Ben yep. loves Pete. So um, glad I've been hating on Ebron for years after he couldn't catch a, I don't know, some crazy analogy insert here when he was on the Colts, just the king of the drops. Oh yeah. He couldn't catch a cold. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, he seems to he seems to struggle with, with the catching <laughs> thing as a receiving tight end. Uh also again, the Cheetahs getting some big production out of a backup handcuff with Darren yeah. Williams going off for them. It, it is continuing week in and week out. As soon as Madison has to go back to the bench, he just plugs in Daryl Williams right away and gets the same production. Amazing. Incredible. Uh, the Ballers have one one th- story happen here that we have to talk about. Uh, Khalil Herbert comes in, third string running back, sixth round pick in the real NFL draft, and then a fifth round pick in our league, and the guy balled out against the Packers. He did. He had a great, great game. You know, pa- I, I mean... That's great. That's exactly what you you want from from that player. Also, man, Aaron was really high on his running backs at the start of the season with his hot takes, and they're looking yeah. pretty good sometimes. It's, like they, it have, is, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. That we we all kind of like gave him some eye roll emojis on that. We're like, no way, it's gonna take a whole lot of, to happen. And he, I remember he made a point that was something like. Well, it really doesn't have to be that much, like an injury here or there, and then boom. And that's exactly what's happened. Chuba uh, stepping in, Herbert stepping in with the injury. So it's funny. I, I'll just say this on the podcast. I don't think it matters anymore because he hasn't uh, taken any of them. But I went pretty strong after Herbert because even if he plays like one more game as a starter this season before he goes back to just being in the, the mix or on the bench, um, one – all the buys and injuries, I could honestly start him for, for this week. And then two, you know I don't like David Montgomery, and I, I'm not going to make any bold prediction, but I'm just saying it wouldn't shock me if Herbert ends up like playing meaningful football for this team next year over Montgomery. Ooh. Oh, a little, uh, you think he's going to be the guy. No, 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 no. Just I, I said it wouldn't surprise me. Not making any hot takes just yet, but he looked really good. I know what you're saying. He's going to stay with the organization. They're at least like, all right. Yeah, exactly. So Um, he's earned a roster spot, and we'll see, you know, in the long run, kind of how it all shakes out. That's fair. I I can get behind that. Uh, Cooper Cup came back from his, like, uh, two pedestrian weeks where he, you know he didn't score 30 something points he went right back to that uh against the giants and this was just a slaughtering the the giants this was like the classic daniel jones game where everything goes wrong yeah this oh man the I, man the giants are bad huh yeah and, and you know it sucks too because like Kadarius tony had this amazing kind of breakout and then he he only I I think he probably only played because they already had like four wide receivers out and he was like okay I could probably play three catches on the first drive and then re-injures the ankle and now he might be out a while. You hate it. Everyone's just anyone who can play is going out. It's it's rough up there, but yeah, Cooper Cup taking advantage. Yeah. 
nine receptions, 130 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, right on the outside of of getting that workman award, but couldn't couldn't drag the ballers to a victory. Um, you know, this was a this uh, Broncos game. We already talked about it a little, but I still think that Javante Williams looks good. I know he only has thirty five. He's only the thirty fifth running back, uh, but every time he gets the ball, like he, the runs that he makes with the limited work, are just so impressive to me. Yeah, I think the thing with him is. He also is like almost he's hovers right at fifty percent of snap count. So he's he's getting the touches, he's getting the looks. It's just I think it's just that he hasn't hit the end zone yet. Right? Yeah, just once against the Jets, but other than that, he hasn't. So and the thing is Melvin Gordon, a lot of people kind of expected him to fall off a cliff, but he's looked pretty good too like there's been a few runs where i've seen of them where like i didn't catch the hair or something and i and i like oh i couldn't tell who that was like they both still look explosive yeah and i was actually thinking i the god kings have to be thinking about playing melvin gordon right yeah yeah i I think so i think he'll be a risky flex play because he did have a couple weeks where he didn't score a lot but he's still getting the ball and you know, like we said, all it takes is touchdowns. That's the name of the game. And with your flex guys, that's that's really what you have to have happen when you have all these bye weeks right right now. Agreed. Well, with no trade talk, we really don't uh, have a whole lot else. I, I was trying to see if there was any big NFL uh, moments this week that we that we didn't really talk about. Um, I, and I can't honestly, I can't think of any except for maybe the Cardinals just kind of continue dominating everyone. Yeah, they seem very good. I can't wait to see Ertz there. I think you that team is just going to be so so fun to watch. Um, yeah, it's a perfect yeah. fit, I think, because um, I think I remember taking some heat. I don't know if it was from this the people in this league or somewhere else like somewhere i was in zach Ertz got traded like at the start of last year and i think i was like oh like that's a steal and everyone was like oh he's washed and i was like no he's definitely not um but him and goddard got in each other's way and i think that kyler murray will really like having him yeah i think so too it's just it's going to be crowded, but uh, i still think with a tight end you just want a tight end attached to a high-powered offense because those tight ends are going to be found in the red zone and they're going to score and and Zach Ertz will score touchdowns for sure he's going to definitely be looked at in the red zone in like short yardage situations and he can break them out that's when he gets like his receptions for 14 yards you know exactly it'll be great it will well it might be a quick and dirty one Spicer but that's all I've got same here We'll talk well, to y'all, y'all later. Well, get, y'all get to trading. We'll see you next week. Oh, and Rob, I think you should start Corey Davis. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't have a Hunter's Hunch this week. Wait, I, okay. We can talk about this real, sec- real quick. So I tried to make a Hunter's Hunch. I only had my one award. There's no snake oil people I liked. The thing is, I kept identifying players I wanted people to start, and then I would go to their roster and see they were already starting because there's like – 50% of the NFL is either hurt or on by this week. So you guys are on your own. Good luck. Hey, no hunches here. It's a chaos. It's really <laughs> yeah. bleak out there. Yep. Good luck. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye.